particular song right here is dedicated to the black woman. And it doesn't pertain to all black women. Some of y'all disrespect yourself because you don't know who you are in the first place. This is out of common respect for all women, period. Well, uh, like this song. Yo, I'm quite single and occasionally I mingle. But aside from all the rest, she sparks my interest. No, ma'am, I don't know you. Just offering the common respect, I feel I owe you. Also, some conversation, companionship, common ground, and common sense. There's no such thing as coincidence. And me finding you here, and I really hate screaming in your ear. So, some of the time, okay? I waited the day. Hello, this is Kali told from a couple of days ago. You sound tired. Forgive me if I've called you too late. But what better time to relate my state? What could I begin? Has anyone ever told you got beautiful skin? You're more than welcome. What do you desire within? I just want to be. There's no need to put titles on you and me. Those are limitations. Living and learning are our only obligations. Equality, honesty, independence, intelligence, emotion, and devotion. Humbly seeking to hear God when he's speaking. At one time, my mind just couldn't conceive. A woman had to dress a certain way to believe. But in the same breath, uh, allow me to say that if you believe, young lady, you wouldn't dress that way. And I was attracted to your class. I couldn't see all your ass. And I was very content. You deserved every compliment. Now, remember how indifferences make us the same. You got to have a game or you ain't even going to be able to take care of yourself. Uh, and love, when I look at you, I see my reflection. So I offer my love, affection, and protection. Shout it. You did fine, but the bottom line is... You still my sister. You again on Marietta, downtown Atlanta, checking your long legs. Got me smirking, fixed me dinner one night. Candles lit, kinda thought you was slick in the beginning, but it turned out you wouldn't lie. Look me in my eye, I listened, sucked it up, pushed on, we made amends. Both sides click, true friends. Since then, years and gone by, brought a baby girl into this world, made our parents grandfather. Household with no pope, took care of ye, you, me, when she got put out on the curb. Closer than the skin on the back of my hand, through the thick and thin, we can win, beautiful black I deal with facts on land, I wouldn't clone man, why I sang the blues. 
with there's only one God that's watching over our every step. I need his help when I'm walking, looking for the right female. I can't tell sometimes. They tell me the devil's coming, humbling his approach. Spontaneous with the game, he crossed the naive of a girl falling for the okay. Let the pills of smoke, the one who live by, die by. Example of how relationships can be. I rose the dice, taking the chance, they crapping out. Not like today, boy, I lost one of my best fields. Not your dick lips, no animal fat and plants wide low. Just started working at the FO, 19 years old. Work more for weight and gold. But it was all my fault, so don't cry, I will stand. If down the line I want you back and the fear land ain't mutual, just promise me you'll find a humane. It's about some business. Hope she found what hope was looking for, like a dream of my end. I wanted to be more than friends. Beautiful black skin. Conscious Vibes Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Ramiel Il Bay. Uh, today's subject will be the overthrow of the re- of the republic, and we have as a guest on the on the show um, the Emir Taj Tariq Bay. And before we bring him in, before we get into the show, we'll make a few um, a few announcements. Um, just as a reminder, the um, Order of the Great Seal Quran study class um, is every Thursday, and it is live at, in the Oakland Territory at 3100 Telegraph at Samuel Merritt University. It's open to um, those who want to travel down. If you're not in the territory, or if you want to follow, uh, you can go to or subscribe to Moab Bay, Moab Bay on YouTube. If you have not already started, uh, you won't be able to take the certification and teacher accreditation test, but you still can um, follow along with the class. It is of no uh, no cost, of course. Um, to be a part of the class, a part of the uh, uh, of the curriculum, the Quran class or the study portion for the Quran will end right at the the end of June, and then at that point uh, we will issue a uh, test uh, to certify those who have been a part of it since the beginning or those who uh, signed up and signed in 
prior to the second week of February. Uh, you will be able to take your accreditation test at the end of June or your teacher certification test uh, at that same time. Uh, that's when there will be uh, a donation, uh, a contribution asked at that point uh, for the accreditation or the certification, which is uh, 50 notes for the uh, accreditation and 70 notes total for the uh, teacher's uh, certification. Uh, if you, <clears throat> after that, let me say, that we will begin the study of the uh, Constitution, and the same thing will uh, ensue. You'll be able to be accredited as, as having gone through that study um, and things of that nature. Then after that is the history of the Moore's Divine National Movement that we'll get into. You'll also be accredited and certified with that. Uh, then we'll get into treaty law and uh, nationality and trust law. So the purpose, as we stated in the very beginning, is to get everyone up to speed all across the nation. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of the Moors, are not taking the time to study the spiritual aspect. We're moving uh, too fast in a lot of ways, and so you're being able to be hoodwinked because you don't know exactly what uh, was brought by the prophet, what was actually established, so you can't see the frauds and the friction, uh, the fiction that's being presented to you. So as a way to help everyone, um, you know, circle their passions and square the action, we're starting with a six-month study of the Quran and the Quran only. Um, also, the class, it looks like the, the uh, class in Sacramento territory will be starting back up. I think it's at the end of this month. Um, there will be a formal announcement set back up. Uh, we're happy to hear that uh, Brother King <clears throat> is uh, coming back into uh, superb health. And, and um, you know, of course, we've been sending, sending positive vibrations his way. Um, and a formal announcement, I said, will be sent out as to when that will start so that everyone will be aware who's in that territory. Uh, stay on the lookout for the new upcoming items for more Unity clothing. You can uh, support what we have at this moment by going to squareup.com, squareup.com, forward slash store, forward slash more, dash, Unity, dash, clothing. And we have uh, items on there. We appreciate those who are taking the time to support um, already. And we have some new things that we're working on for the spring uh, and the summer um, that hopefully we should have in our hands and be ready to put that out within the next uh, coming month uh, or so. And so we'll keep you abreast of that. And I think that is about it with the announcements. Um, if there's anything else, of course, I'll loop back around um, and say it. So we want to go ahead and <clears throat> get started in on the subject. So today we're going to be discussing the uh, overthrow of the republic. We're going to go in, you know, into some detail about some of the events that took place uh, some of the things that um, you need to note uh, to do some, you know, do some further research on to expand, expand your knowledge. Um, you know, we'll touch on some of the processes that have happened um, 
you know, such as the, you know, birth certificate, the driver's license, and all those things. Um, but the hopes, of course, is that you will take the information and begin to expand on it. The whole purpose of some of the things that we're going to touch on is so, again, you can see when some of these people are presenting, um, you know, this fraud, you know, these things where they're dealing with the birth certificate identification and all these different processes, but they're not really able to show you the history of what's going on. And because you don't know that, you may not be able to, um, you know, recognize it. So with that, we'll bring in um, Amir Taj Tariq Bay. Um, can you hear me? Um, uh, are you live on here yet? Taj, can you hear me? Okay, let me make sure here. I've got him unmuted. Let's see. Let him know one second. Okay. Kaz, can you hear me? Okay, so sure he'll come back in because he's on the line. I've got him in here. He must have uh, pushed mute or stepped away briefly. So we'll just hold it down until um, until he comes back. <clears throat> Two things that we want to make note of um, when we're talking about the uh, the republic, we want to keep in mind the the complete history of what's taking place. Um, the Umum Sanctum, Doctrine of Discovery, Dom Diversus, Treaty of Verona, all um, that's going to come and, and have to do with taking over and suppressing um, the Moors. Now, if you're going through the documents, you're going to see that it's presented, or the Moors are presented as the Saracens, and that the charters are given to go plunder and conquer all those, and then, you know, they're going to be using the words or the code words, those who um, uh, do not believe in the Christ or, are, you know, are not a part of the church. But the point of what's going on is to overthrow um, the Moorish uh, strongholds worldwide. And so when the Moors um, in 1492, lose a the battle in Granada. That itself sets off um, a catastrophe to a point all around the world. Because at that point, that marks them being able to take over um, these more strongholds. But the purpose of, of taking them over is always the same. It's always to control the, the trade routes, um, which are going to go through the seaways at this point. And with those trade routes, whoever owns those trade routes has, has the power. And so that's going to take you into some of the history um, where you'll see that as they're going along these different trade routes, you, you hear about, um, what would it be, 
how the Europeans had many treaties with the Moors. And then at this time, you know, during this time of history, the Moors uh, are breaking some of the treaties. Now, the Moors at this point in history, you'll hear some of the Moors, um, excuse me, who will be referred to as pirates. And one of the uh, names that they will be attributed, attributed is the Vikings. V-I-C-K-I-N-G-S, the Vikings. And the Vikings eventually become the Vikings in history. And over with this battle that's going on um, to take over or to establish territories that are part of uh, the merchant route, just as today, most things are shipped by the waterway. So when, you, when you're hearing about the many um, wars, arguments, backroom deals that are taking place even worldwide today, you'll notice that a lot of them have to do a lot of what's going on with China um, and Korea. All those things have to do with the ports. Who's controlling these ports um, that have been established Thousands of years ago, none of these, most, you know, these routes are not new on the planet. They were once um, majority controlled by the Moorish Empire. Now, so the republic that we're speaking of, the reason that we have to go back there is that because the republic existed <clears throat> on this continent, north, south, central, and Mexico, prior, prior to what, uh, from colonial teachings, has established that it starts um, with the 13 colonies. Because the overthrow of the, um, the different emirates uh, around the world with the Moors and then the different Moor strongholds, um, as it comes to a Mexum, meets a stage of finalization because of certain things that were going on here. Let me check to see if the uh, Amir is back on. Islam, Amir, Tajri Base, are you are you uh, back live on yet? Okay, let me see. Okay, he must have uh, been having a call problem because he just dropped out the call back in. So he'll call back in anyway. So <clears throat> as as the battle moves over here, one of the things that everyone needs to note when they're doing the history of what was going on in this, um, on this land. The one thing that you want to note is, is you want to go back and you want to study what Cristobal Colon um, has said. You want to go back and listen specifically, and, or excuse me, read specifically uh, the journals of Cortez. Because when you get to those journals, let me try to, okay, he's back on. Let me see if I can get him back in now. You got some feedback, a little echo going on, but I can hear you. Man, I can't hear you at all. Okay, he must be in a, um, a bad area because he's, he's uh, dropping in and out. So we'll just when he calls back in. So 
as everything shifts to um, a Mexican, you have the different uh, Spaniards and you have the different um, Albions who come who come ashore. The Republic, those those governmental forms, existed prior to them coming here. That portion must be understood to understand the complete overthrow and the reason for that overthrow and how we get um, get here. One of the things that um, uh, one of the things that we're failing to do is, is look up some of the wording that's used. The word "republic" simply means to revenue. Revenue. It means to revenue things back towards the public interest. That's all republic means. It means to revenue things back towards the public interest. And that's, you know, um, if you break down RE and then UB and IC or LIC. Okay, you will be able to see what these words mean. Let me see if uh, the emir is um, coming in with us. Islam, Islam, emir, can you hear me? What I'll do is I'll call you. Let me um, call you from this line and see if we get uh, a better a better function. Or are you able to uh, come in more clear? So I'm going to disconnect you, and then I'm going to call you back. One second here. Call the Amir. Okay, we're going to call him and see if we can get him on. Islam. Islam, now I can hear you clear. All right, good. Yeah, okay. All right, so hopefully we remedy that. It sounds like you may be going in and out of some areas. Yes. Okay. Now, did you need to pin? Because I, I, I kept calling back to the radio show number, and I, I could hear you, but you apparently couldn't hear me. Right. Right, right. So we were getting into... Um, we're going back doing some of the the history on the first fall of us, you know, in 1492, um, losing the Emirate in Granada, and yes. bringing Cortez and, and uh, Cristobal Colon onto the shores, and in fact, these governmental systems that were yes. existed prior to them coming, and the overthrow is also embedded in the wording in which they're using. And I'll, I'll do this point, and then I'll let you take it in. Um, the word republic, when, we, when we're breaking down the word republic, the word republic itself just means a reviewing, a revenuing of things back towards the public interest. And you can do yeah. that breakdown by um, breaking down the word re, which means to do again, Pub and lit or I I L I C or L I C. Now, when you get into the word um, democracy, 
The word democracy um, is usually when we're breaking it down, we're going to go to demon rules uh, and things of that nature. However, if you continue to do the complete breakdown, um, yeah, as do of, of the word, we will see that the word democracy, the word there's the word mo is in there. You have d d e, which means to lower. And then you have mo, which goes back to the shortened form of the word more, M-O-R-E. But the word more is a, is a shortened form, form and goes all the way back to the word morisco. And, of course, the word morisco is a word that was given to the Moors who became Christianized uh, after conversion. And then you go to crusty, which means government. And so when you're dealing with the word democracy and you do the actual complete breakdown and, and you do the origin of the words attached to it based on uh, its pronunciation, you're going to see that the word democracy itself means to lower, subjugate, and rule over the Moors, literally. So you have, we have to understand from that context as to what's going on. And once we understand it from that context, then every time we hear about them spreading democracy, we understand that they're going into other more territories or continue, continuing to do that. The Congress. Yeah. Of democracy. Indeed. So I'll let you pick it up from there um, and, 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 and bring, it, bring it forward. Islam, glad to be on the show, good brother. Um, how's the family and how's everybody on the West Coast? I trust they're good and well. It's lovely out here. Yeah, everybody's oh. lovely. Real Beautiful. Beautiful. Anyway, uh, everyone take pens and keep these landmark statements that we're, we're going to make that will give you an outline. Because of the time constraint, you already know that we can't reteach the people um, essentially on all necessary points because Rome has had a couple hundred years to co corrupt the people's minds and disconnect them from both the land, their history, and geography. So keep these things in mind, everyone, as we go along. The year 1492 is the year of the issuance of the Roman Catholic Church, the book known as Romanus Pontifex. Romanus Pontifex. It is at the time of fall of the Red House, and the Red House is referred to as Alhambra in Al-Andalus, which they now call later, after the more defeat in Granada, later call Al the area Alhambra, Spain. And keep in mind, when you're looking at history, you must recognize, uh, contrary to what many people have been taught in the John D. Rockefeller school system, you must recognize that the Moors ruled the major parts of the planet, i.e. the Africans were in dominant rule on the planet Earth. When you're making reference to the year 1492, scholars and the erudite professors uh, of history use that year as the access point for major motivation of transference of powers from the ancient 
Asiatic African Moorish government over to the Constantinian slash Christian domination. So 1492 is used as the axis year. So the fall of the Red House, which is Alhambra, marks that transition time. Although in the last, next few hundred years, you still had uh, skirmishes and other political actions that took place on the planet that uh, caused the Europeans slash Romans to be the rulers of the world today. So the, the real history is hidden from the heirs of the world's largest state in order to disconnect them from the land to uh, falsely propagate the uh, so-called black diaspora, which is reconstructed history, where they promote the false con uh, concepts of bringing the Moors to the Western Hemisphere on uh, sardine ships stacked up three, 400 people at a time on the seas for three and four months from uh, South Asia, which is now called Africa, to uh, Northwest and Central Amexum, which is now called America, etc. But these vital points of reference must be comprehended so that people can understand the institutionalization of what is connotatively referred to in these days as quote-unquote slavery, which is really birthright theft and enforced peonage under unum sanctum bulla of the Church of Rome and the doctrine of discovery, including and not limited to Unum Sanctum, Dum Diversus, Romanus Pontifex, Intercatera Divina, and the Doctrine of Discovery. Collectively, um, with the um, Sister QV Act of 1666, collectively, these bullas, church bullas, are referred to as the Doctrine of Discovery. The membership in the secret societies of the planet, and most particularly with those which are governed by the Romans, i.e., which means the Vatican and its bishopric, the District of London, and with its enforcement arm being located at Washington District of Columbia, at Northwest Amexum, Northwest Africa, North America, the North Gate, etc., Washington, D.C., loosely referred to, is the military arm which enforces the Trinity operations of the Spanish Inquisition against the Moors. And so that is the Vatican, the District of London, Washington, D.C., which is symbolized by the three stars and the two bars, which you will see displayed at Washington, D.C. jurisdiction area on the land between Maryland and Virginia area, and also on the uh, commercial license plate tags, as well as on the parkway at Philadelphia, which is also the family shield for George Washington's family, etc., which is also why George Washington has been given the designation of father of their corporate country, etc., although he was actually the ninth praetor 
or president for the operations of the United States Corporation Service Company, which has been since the Lincoln administration misrepresented as the country when it's actually the private corporate entity used to administer over the conquered lands of the Moors, etc. And so since 1871 specifically, although the coup d'etat took place May the 10th of 1861, 1871, the Act of Congress, 1871, February the 2nd, represents the perfecting of their political platform by which the administration of conquest of the Americans is um, executed. And so that is where you get the beginning of what is known as the democracy platform, political platform for exercising civil plenary powers on the land under the principle of piracy, booty, and prize, and waging war against the Americans, the true Americans, while appearing to be legitimate government. I repeat, while appearing to be legitimate government, which is actually a platform for imposters and traitors to execute the Spanish Inquisition on the land at North America. That is what the U.S. democracy political platform actually is and in fact is and is known to be by all scholars, imams, rabbis, people in positions of power, industrialists, congressmen, um, council people of the local municipalities, uh, local government, states governments, etc. This is why all your people with political powers exercising plenary power on the land, males and females, are either Masons or Eastern Stars. And whether they are in what you would call Knights of Columbus, um, Kyklos, Ku Klux Klan, Eastern Star, Daughters of Isis, Daughters of the American Revolution, White Camellia, Union Guard, etc., etc., Illuminati, um, Thule Society, on and on, all of them are essentially uh, given what is called Privy Council information in degrees by which they administer over the conquered Moorish Empire, which was divided amongst the Constantinian nations, which are operating under the guise of the Christian nations um, of Europe under the Spanish Inquisition to administer their operations and use what is known as colorable legislation and de facto operations to systematically drain the people of all of their wealth and resources while appearing to be legitimate. Uh, again, that is called the U.S. democracy platform and its franchised states of corporate entities and their franchised corporate entities under the states of entities disguised with the authority, implied authority, of the state republics and the state commonwealths which were overthrown in 1861. And we must be clear about the two political platforms. 
the United States of America Republic, with its Republican form of government, set forth by the Ordinance of 1787 after the adoption and ratification of the Treaty of Peace and Friendship between the Moorish empires and the European corporation companies, uh, the Pacific Company, India Company, etc., which have been given treaty operations on the land and whose operatives in cooperation with other traders as well as Inquisition operators or deputy knights for the Pope of Rome continued the Christian Crusades on the land which was supposed to have ceased with the treaties between the Moslems and the Constantinians known as Christians, etc., to bring peace on the planet. That's what the Treaty of Peace and Friendship 1786-1787 is. And, of course, that is what the Ordinance of 1787-1788 and the signing of the Constitution for the Republic, 1788-1789, at which time Chief Justice Muali, who is known in history as Benjamin Banneker, suggested that George Washington, who was a general at that time of the Army, to take the place that was being prepared for Benjamin Franklin as preter of operations for the United States Service Corporation operating on the land. Another thing that you must keep in mind as a point of reference is in 1754, Benjamin Franklin set up the United States Service Corporation at France to deal with what is loosely renowned as the 19 enumerated powers of service for the planning of what is later to become the treaty of peace and friendship where the Europeans were given sanction to do land to do uh, uh, trade operations on the land of what is universally known by scholars as the North Gate which is North America known as Northwest Africa Northwest of Mexico. This is key to the rituals that they have or that they maintain in all secret societies. And so the coup d'etat of uh, 1861 came about by this. Now I'll lay this out and then we can go into uh, interchange back and forth with persons who are listening. Now, Ab coming up to the Abraham Lincoln administration, keep in mind that Abraham Lincoln being a member of the Bar Association by fatwa, or Moorish law, from which the American Constitution has its origin, which Obama exposed when he went to Egypt. Abraham Lincoln could not hold the office of president because it's against fatwa, Moorish law, which is what is called your nobility clause, 13th Amendment, with its 20 sections, ETC. So they ran Abraham Lincoln on the platform of the United States Service Corporation that's registered in France, and that would give him the enumerated powers or contracts of service of government uh, on the land, etc. Um, Abraham Lincoln was run on that platform. He was successful, but it was in short order that Abraham Lincoln recognized that he was being undermined by cabal operatives, deputy knights for the Jesuit order, to um, neutralize the republic. 
Abraham Lincoln deliberately bankrupted that United States service corporation on whose platform he was run. This put a target on his back. Keep in mind, Abraham Lincoln also uh, did that um, slander case in defense of William Dungy, a Portuguese Moor who had married a European woman and whose brother, Joseph Spencer, had slandered um, William Dungy, going about town calling him Black Bill, you know, he was a nigger and a Negro, which would have caused all of his state to be as cheated by the corporate state because these were brand systems set forth and put upon Moors, Negro, Black, Colored, Indian, and tags like that in order to justify bringing them out from under the protection of the treaty as heirs and the Constitution, which is one with the treaty to be enforced to protect the unalienable rights of the people of the land, both nationals as well as naturalized U.S. citizens, which are predominantly Europeans operating on the land. So you must be distinct between nationals and U.S. citizens. William Dungy um, had Lincoln defend his honor and his estate. That also put a target on Lincoln's back. That's five years before he held the office. At any rate, Lincoln bankrupted the United States Service Corporation in 1860. May the 10th of 1861, the secret operatives under the Jesuit order that were running the Congress did a coup d'etat. They write it in history as Congress adjourning sine dia. The plot was set forth to murder Lincoln and to convert the debt of that foreign corporation whose platform that Lincoln ran on, that, that Benjamin had registered in France, called the United States Service Company, to convert that debt onto the descendants of the world's estate, and that's the Moors who they branded Negro, Black, and Colored, etc. And that's the beginning of what is called the national debt, which is totally fictitious, is the conversion of their private corporation in France debt onto the Moors who they branded Negro, Black, and Colored. That's the beginning of what is called the national debt, as well as the beginning of the construction of what is known as UST bonds and also the beginning of what is called institutionalized slavery at North America. And this was perfected with the political platform that they refer to in history as the Act of Congress, February the 2nd, 1871. And that's the beginning of the U.S. democracy, the so-called national debt, and the institutionalization of slavery, and the necessity for political conquest of creating what is known as the straw man, nom de guerre, transmitting utility, brands, Negro, black, colored, etc., as well as for the Europeans putting their family names on defeated Moors at North America in order to escheat all of their present and future hereditaments, corporal and incorporal, and all estates. And that is called escheat. 
E-S-C-H-E-A-T. That's the legal process. I yield the floor. Islam. Islam. Now, I'm, going to go, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to um, backtrack on a couple of things and extend on them. As the uh, Emir was speaking about, those service companies, you need to do some, some very thorough research into those service companies because as you begin to, to understand the service companies that were allowed to come over, then you get a better understanding of the republic that was here prior. What would happen as the, um, the businessmen would want to come over and establish uh, the ability to do business, they would then go to King George the First, okay, and they would get a charter from King George the First, and based on that charter from King George the First, they would now be able to start a a, a, a service company, a corporation. That corporation would still be uh, up under the authority of, of Great Britain. It was a li- they were limited company. Again, we're, we're dealing with them being able to use certain trade routes. Now, when they, when they came here, you had the, uh, the first 13 companies. You're going to have the – one of them was the Virginia Company – um, and you can look up the other several companies that they had, but those yeah, India Pacific, yes, yes. Those those companies uh, become as they began to break treaty and take over the Moorish uh, estates, become your first thirteen colonies. Part of the governing board of those uh, companies would become the government in certain areas. So the, um, the, the chairman or the CEO, COO, they may become the governor, the mayor, and so on and so forth. You'll see that directly happen um, in Massachusetts. So in the Massachusetts Bay Company, if I remember correctly is what it was called, the Massachusetts Bay Company, the Massachusetts Bay Company uh, directors or head of that company end up becoming the governor mayor of, of the original colony, colony in Massachusetts. So you want to go back and you want to study that. You're also going to see uh, and want to look over um, the, the beginning of what they'll call the uh, Indian and American Wars. Because those wars themselves had to do uh, with trade routes along the, along the country. Put the potatoes and eggs on. And taking over certain parts of the area that would allow them to do, to, you know, use certain riverways and passageways. When moving forward, and during the um, the Civil War. The Greenback, as it eventually was as it eventually was called, um, 
was the financial instrument that could be used and, and, and taken in. As the international bankers began to want to um, usurp that, basically, there became a war that was happening in the background that the people were not privy to. And within that war, they created two different uh, classes of people. Eventually, they um, uh, uncredited or decredited the greenback. But when they did that, they allowed for bankers and certain companies, certain parts of the hierarchy, to be able to, to still receive gold and silver but then we're speaking of the common people having to still use um, the greenback and things, other instruments that was issued, but had already been uh, discredited and been taken back eventually. And so there was an argument that's going on. Um, <clears throat> you'll see, uh, what is the senators? You have uh, one of the senators from... Uh, Pennsylvania, Miss, you know, Mr. Stevens. Uh, you'll have another uh, Senator um, Spalding from New York who opposed uh, a lot of these measures because what it was doing is that it was setting up I need a plug for the coup d'etat that was taking place or was continuing to move it forward. Now, as they're moving this forward, as the Amir was saying, that the Greenback and Lincoln – because he could not be an actual president, as he's running on the corporate, uh, on the service company side, he's attempting uh, to bankrupt, to bankrupt uh, the whole thing, because he sees the direction it's going. So as this battle is going, eventually the battle is lost, and then you have that act of 1871. Now again, when you when you go back. Remember, always keep in your scope that we're dealing with the Moorish estate. And we're dealing with, with, the, with this being the North Gate. So you have to understand what's here and why they would be, why they were here in the first place. So with the Act of 1871, which establishes the territorial jurisdiction for the uh, corporate United States. Me, Mom, Carrie. With that act, with that act, you're going to see uh, the hypothecation of the Morrison states take place again right at that point. You're also going to see. Um, Mom, Carrie. Hey, how are you? The, the, the change from the kind the Constitution for the United States of America to the corporate constitution of the United of the Constitution of the United States of America. And although there's only a slight it's a sleight of hand with with a word of and for changes it's a change of jurisdiction. It's a change of venue. Then you're going to see uh, the use of uh, the trademarks of, of the capitalization of U dot S dot and then the whole capitalization of the United States and those are going to become uh, the trademarks for the corporate company. 
And as and as this continues to propel forward, you're going to then usher in and move into uh, the, the reconstruction period, or you're actually to end the reconstruction period. Now, prior to this, remember that within the Constitution, that the seat of the president is more of a figurehead position, and the power actually is demonstrated for the country through Congress. Congress, at, at this point and prior, is the seat of the Moors. Now, you can go back to the movie A Birth of a Nation, where they will show you what the structure looks like um, of the, U, the United States, and you will see that when the people are coming in, they will continually term these um, people who they're distinguishing from the Britons or the Albion, they'll call them mulattoes. If one takes a moment to do some research, they'll find out that the mulatto was a term given to the aboriginals. And you'll find on the, on the original census records that a mulatto, you either had mulatto and then you had black. And those terms, uh, a lot of times, depending on which region you were in, would be interchangeable. Those mulattoes or the Moors were the ones who, again, were in Congress, and you'll also see them play this out in the movie about Abraham Lincoln's life, where they will also show you or talk to you in code about his, his ancestry, his Moorish ancestry in the very beginning when the soldier walks up to him and tells him, you sure, you sure do have um, kinky hair to be a white man. And that's them literally putting the history of who he actually was in your face. And then you'll see that the people he's arguing with in Congress were Moors. And they'll continually call them mulattoes. And then you'll hear them uh, also call him Africa, uh, Africa Canus, um, Africanus, um, where he was demonized at this time for his Moorish ancestry, which was a known fact at the time period that he was um, in the flesh. So with the Reconstruction period, when they bust in um, to Congress, into the House, and put the Moors out, they put the Moors out, then they usher them in usher the Albion uh, in, and they take over Congress. Now, as, as also a point of research, you want to look at the white Wigamore Party, the, the origin of the, of the party system here. The white Wigamore Party actually be, has its origin um, in Europe, in Great Britain, and then eventually finds its way over here. But that becomes your original Republican Party. And so with that party um, is also going to be the origin of the European taking on nomenclature, the white man. But the Whig Party themselves was an imitation of the Moors 
who were in control of Great Britain because of the Moorish ancestry and the lineage um, of Great Britain and the nobility of Great Britain running through the Moors themselves. But that party, there was, they were dealing with, um, the two parties at the time were dealing with the fight over the banking system. Because you had the, the Rothschilds, uh, the Wardenbergs, and all those um, families who were continuously attempting to take over because of the way that they were spreading or attempting to spread um, capitalism over the country. There was a fear between Great Britain, well, with Great Britain, and some of the colonizers here that, that fighting that took place because of the empire, the financial empire here growing as the estate of the Moors were being taken over. Now, what Mr. Uh, Stevenson, I'm going to read you a part of what Stevenson said Stevenson of Pennsylvania, I think it is, um, says when, when speaking about the banking system and falling in uh, to the banking system. And I want you to pay close attention to, to what he's saying about the danger, about the danger of allowing the country to go toward this, this monetary system. And he says instead of being a beneficent and invigorating measure, it is now positively mischievous. It has all the bad qualities which its enemies char- charged on the original bill and none of its benefits. It now creates money and by its very terms declares it depreciated currency. It makes two classes of money, one for banks and brokers and another for the people. It discriminates between the rights of different classes of creditors allowing the rich capitalists to demand gold and compelling the ordinary lender of money on individual security to receive notes which the government had purposely discredited. He goes on, Stevenson goes on to say, we're foolish to grant them gold interest, and now they are unblushingly demand further advantages. The truth is we can never satisfy their appetite for money. The amendment by Mr. Stevenson to place officers and soldiers of the Army and Navy and those who should furnish them with provisions upon the same standing as the bankers and the bankers was defeated by a vote of 72 to 67. So as these measures are being passed, the depreciation, the government had already depreciated the greenback but was forcing the people to continue to use it while the bankers, were able to still use gold and silver. And then when they attempted to say, well, the soldiers should be able to use gold and silver or be paid in gold and silver, the bankers made sure that that that, uh, amendment, that bill was defeated. So there's a huge internal battle going on because you did have some people who were attempting to act, act with slight integrity, and then you have the people who uh, were in, being controlled by the international bankers. And so 
I'll yield the floor on that, and I'll bring in back, bring in Amir if he's ready to come back in. Islam. 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 Uh, one of the things that, that uh, we all must keep in mind in order to keep our concepts clear, that when you're saying banker, you're saying bench of the Pope. The banks are benches of the Pope for tithe collection, for conquest purposes, via de facto operatives uh, claiming to be court, which are really human trafficking tribunals, in conjunction with the bench of the Jesuit order represented by the banks who are collectors for the Pope under the Spanish Inquisition. So whenever you say bank, keep in mind you're talking about the Pope's bench, B-E-N-C-H. And also keep in mind uh, the necessity of the brand system or what they refer to as the straw man or transmitting utility. And keep in mind after the fall of the Alhambra, they set up a global world trust. So write that down, global world trust. And that global world trust is the focal point by which the administrative governments at London, England, and Washington, D.C., as well as its um, in-between instrument operators for private commercial paper and securities referred to as Wall Street, New York. And keep this in mind, DTC, Dutch Trading Company, 55 Water Street, New York. And the T-bonds that they put on the moors as property, Christian property, are registered and traded from 50, uh, um, 55 Water Street, New York. And that is the basis of the banking conversion of their private debt onto the people of the land. That's the, that's the Dutch training, trading company. Keep that in mind. And so one of the things that is necessary for the heirs of the estate to be aware of is that when they agree to those Negro, Black, and colored brands and to the Smith, Jones, and Johnson tags of the European families placed upon them that they have accepted as their own, in law, it makes them non-descendable in the, in the area of airship and defaults, defaults all inheritances to the corporate states. And that is, in fact, in fact, how the corporate entities operate to steal your birthright. Yield the floor. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. I want to add one more thing. Remember this. All corporations under European Western Hemisphere operations are members of the Roman Curia, Roman Curia. And all administrators are aware of it, know it, and are members of the Roman Curia. So understand this is one of the reasons why this real history is held back from the people as well as why those people in power are all Masons and wear a Moorish fez with the tassel pinned down while pretending they don't know these people are Moors. Yield the floor. Indeed, indeed. 
Now, we want to move from the establishment of the um, the Act of 1870, uh, 1871, and move into uh, the early 1900s period, where you have the original um, Federal Reserve Act, uh, and, and, and even more importantly, you had the um, the Trading with the Enemy Act. Yes. With, with that Trading of the Enemy Act that takes place, you're going to first have it structured, and this becomes very important to for Morris and anyone who wants to be astute in actually what's taking place to really get in get into doing some research on the Trading with the Enemy Act. When the Trading of the Enemy Act is first set up, it's set up based on um, how to trade those who are considered to be combatants or enemies of the um, corporate state. And so within that structure, within that structure, it says that any state who wants to conduct business with any foreign entity that is considered to be um, an enemy, need permission. So they need to get permission from the federal government to do business with the enemy, as it will be termed. Now, as that trading with the enemy act um, is reconstructed, I think it's in 33, is reconstructed, and when that is reconstructed, it specifically makes the citizen, the U.S. citizen, an enemy of the state also. And it does that by completely restructuring how the, the state can do business. With its own citizens Now What happens is that This change in the um, Trading with the enemy That it creates Different bureaus For licensing And so now Because the citizens The U.S. citizens Are declared enemies you now have the bureaus created that says you need a license, which, remember, is a permission to do something that would otherwise be illegal. That's what a license is. It is a permission to do something that would otherwise be illegal. That is what a license is. So if you go and you get a carpenter's license, it literally means that your carpentry work is illegal otherwise. And for you to work as a carpenter is illegal otherwise. The true concept of that comes from the Trading with the Enemies Act, which means that in order for the states to contract with its own so-called citizens, the citizens 
have to get permission because they're the enemy. And this all goes around also the banking holiday. Now, with this banking holiday, remember that this is when the people are told that they can no longer remove or own any gold, silver, bullion, or or metals of that sort. That for that three-day period, that the banks are reconstructing how they do business moving into a different system, that the people, it is considered unlawful for the people to do what they call or consider hoarding because the nation or the, the corporate nation was in a state of emergency dealing with the bankers. And so the gold is now about to be turned over. And I'll read so that, see here, I'll read a part of this proclamation so that the listeners can um, can hear how some of it's worded. It says, Proclamation 2040, Bank Holiday, March 9, 1933, by the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas, on March 6, 1933, I, Franklin D. Roosevelt, President of the United States of America, by proclamation, declared the existence of a national emergency and proclaimed a bank holiday extending from Monday the 6th day to March of March to Thursday, the 9th day of March, 1933, both dates inclusive, in, in order to prevent the export hoarding or earmarking of gold or silver coin or bullion or currency or speculation in foreign exchange. And whereas under the Act of March 9, 1933, all proclamations heretofore or hereafter issued by the President pursuant to the authority conferred by Section 5B of the Act of October 6, 1917, as amended, approved and confirmed, and whereas said national emergency still continues and it is necessary to take further measures extending beyond March 9, 1933, in order to accomplish such purposes. Now, therefore, I, Franklin D. Roosevelt, President of the United States of America, in view of such continuing national emergency and by virtue of the authority vested in me by Section 5B of the Act of October 6, 1917, 40 statutes as amended by the Act of March 9, 1933, do hereby proclaim, order, direct, and declare that all the terms and provisions of said proclamation of March 6, 1933, and the regulations and orders issued thereunder are hereby continued in full force and effect until further proclamation by the president. 
in witness whereof I have hereunto set my hand and have caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done in the District of Columbia this ninth day of March in the year of our Lord, 1,933, and of the independence of the United States, 157. And then you have the seal, you know, uh, placed and so on and so forth. So from that, <clears throat> this again becomes a, a reviewing of the estates. And again, keep in mind all of the other parts of the history. You have to keep it conjoined because it's continuous. It's not sectioned off. So you're going from the coup d'etat of 1861. You have, you're having greenbacks issued from Lincoln, you're having the bank uh, come in to overthrow that system, and then you have the emerging bankruptcy, the pending bankruptcy, that ends up coming to fruition in 1871, and is or reconstructed, I should say, in 1871, and then the estates are revenued then, and this sets up the district. You have the period of reconstruction, a reassembling that's taken forth where the Moors are pushed out of Congress. I would advise any and all who are listening to do the research on the different Moors that held political seats and go all the way back to the 1600s, 1700s, and forward. Because you're going to find many statesmen, congressmen, you're going to find the first governor, um, I think it's the actual first governor of Louisiana, um, was a Moor. So you go, so you want to do the research on, on these different Moors that were around in different areas. And then when the Moors are pushed out. And then as you come out of 1871 and Reconstruction, you have another bankruptcy take place. Now, all this debt is being pushed on the back of the American people. But we're not speaking of when we speak of the American people. Again, we're specifically speaking of those who are Moors because this is the estate. This is who's the state we're dealing with. So anything that happens here is happening based on the hypothecation of the estate of the Moors. And so any debt displaced, whether fraudulent or real, is dealing with that estate. And so as in 33, when the energy of now of the U.S. citizen, the energy of the U.S. citizen is pledged to pay back these so-called debts that are accrued. Now, that is that spins things into a perpetual tailspin because the debt itself can never be paid back. And even in 19, I think it was 1980, I want to say 1988, um, where Reagan, right, yeah, around, around that time when Reagan actually does a, um, a survey, he has 
one of his people do a survey of where the tax dollars, the so-called tax dollars go. And when they come back with the information and they put this out to the public for those who were paying attention, it showed that none, none of the so-called tax dollars are going back in to dealing with this debt. So you have a perpetual tailspin that's going on where where the, pe- the people's wheels are being are being turned, where they're thinking they're paying off something that they're not, that they don't have a reason to pay it off anyway because the debt actually doesn't belong to them. So these different orders that are taking place through the Vatican are keeping the people at bay from their act, from actually what's going on, but the people have to be paying attention to these different orders um, as they're coming as they're coming down. So I yield the floor on that. Islam, and everyone must Islam. keep in mind that when whenever making reference to the persons who are representing themselves as Congress. After 1871, all of them are actually secret deputy knights for the Jesuit order, exercising the unum sanctum policy of piracy upon the people of the land so that the war could continue against the Moors without it being what you would call open. And they, they generally refer to it as uh, quiet weapons for silent wars. And so they've been wait, continuing to wage the Christian crusades against the Moors while artfully disguising it under the Act of Congress um, 1781, the Buck Act, the Trading with the Enemy Act, the fake bank holiday of 1933, House Joint Resolution 192, 73rd Congress, in session June the 5th of 1933. Now, keep in mind, when um, to counter Lincoln uh, in his act of bankrupting the United States Service Company when this first started in um, May 10th of 1861, the conversion of their private debt onto the Moors is the nature and purpose of the platform of the U.S. democracy which they established with the Act of Congress 1871. Now, keep in mind that United States corporate entity that Lincoln bankrupted lasted until 1913. And that's when Noble Drali set up the old Canaanite temple and commanded the Queen of England to stop the misnomer systems against the heirs of the estates. That's where you hear traditionally those who have studied scholarship, those who have studied around the country, when they hear Noble Drali say, you are not Negro, black, or colored, or Ethiopians, come and link yourselves back with the families of nations, and you'll hear him make the statement, um, help me in my great missionary work to enforce our Constitution for the United States of America, as well as when he says, go back to that state of mind of your ancient mothers and fathers, and he also says, the half has not been told if I told you everything, you would go back to sleep. 
So to counter Noble Dwali, when he set up the old Canaanite temple in 1913, which is later to become known as the Morris Holy Temple of Science and the Morris Science Temple of America, etc., Woodrow Wilson, who was preacher at that time, went and met with the Jesuit operatives and the deputy knights for the bench of the Pope, which are called the bankers of London, etc., and of uh, the Dutch trading company, that's the bankers of Wall Street in New York, on Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. And this is when the, the fake Congress, which is known now as de facto Congress, because they're really actually board of directors for the Unum Sanctum policy of the United States Service Corporation registered in Puerto Rico now. So backing up to 1913, so between 1910 and 1913, Woodrow Wilson was meeting with the operatives, Jesuit order of the bench of the Pope of Jekyll Island, Georgia. At that time, under the guise of authority that they did not possess, because they're really deputy knights for the Pope, converted all allodial titles, so write this down, allodial titles, A-L-L-O-D-I-A-L, -L and all allodium, allodium, A-L-L-D-I-U-M. Those are the estates of the nationals of the land, i.e. the Moors, or what you refer to as the indigenous people, also falsely referred to as Indians. And that's a false tag, too, just like the Negro and Black is. So they converted all of our noble titles of ownership into what is known as mortgages and deeds under feudal law. All that took place in 1913. Keep in mind with that timeline. So all activities in the name of Congress since 1871 are de facto fraud and are not law at all, but in fact a continuation of wars against the Americans which is the Al-Moroccans, the descendants of Moroccans. And this is the foundation of what is traditionally known by scholars and sociologists alike around the world as, quote-unquote, the theft of the birthright of the Moors. I yield the floor. Yes, so before um, I move, move further, if um, we're coming up on 40 minutes, and I know there's a, a few people who want to, um, probably get some questions and things like that in. So go ahead and start pushing one, so I can get it, get um, so we can get all the questions answered as much as possible, and uh, get you um, in order. So uh, go ahead and start pushing one now, and um, you know we'll start taking questions as soon as uh, immediately. So as was as the Emir was going into. You do want to make sure, um, well, tie, take a moment and tie the conversion of the allodial and allodium titles into mortgages. Yes. Also, I'll take that and tie, tie that back to um, the Ulam Sanctum policy and the Doctrine of Discovering policy that allowed the, um, the Christian. Cold War Christian colonists to come over and plant their flag. 
and seize the Moors' estates on this land because the two aren't separate. They're just extensions of each other. So mm-hmm. to completely understand what's happening, um, you know, even at the Berlin Conference and, you know, what takes place in Jekyll Island in 1913, you, you also need to understand how the doctrine of discovery itself works, where, you know, they were allowed to come um, literally plant their flag and plant their flag based on wherever they uh, wanted to colonize and then receive a charter to, to set up shop on that land. And it was based on based on the doctrine of discovery and diversity uh, of policies. And so that's so what's happening on Jekyll Island is literally just a, an extension of that. Nothing has exactly. changed. It's just times are changing, so the conversion is, is the way that it's converted is changing. But if you don't understand what took place, um, you know, in the 15, 1600s with the planting of the flag, which is also going to be the reason that when they're showing you different war scenes, they're still showing you the planting of the flag because that's based on the doctrine of discovery. Okay, so when that's taking place, you do have and the, the counter move being made uh, to Prophet Noble Drew Ali, you know, because he's taking the estate. He's given, being given the keys um, of the estate back. And so now you have um, with these Moors who are waking up, because now remember, at this time, there's different numbers that come out you know, as to how many Moors there were waking up, you know, during the time of Noah Drew Ali. There's different numbers. Some numbers tell you 100,000. I've heard numbers that say it was close to a million. Okay, now then you also have to understand and put and keep in perspective the, uh, the extension uh, with the Garvey movement because the, the movements um, in themselves, a brother and sister, and work and, and they work together. And so you have all of this going on at this time. So what? So the bankruptcy is not just accidental. It has to do with the fact that you have the Moors who are waking up, coming into understanding of their estate, and there has to be a counter move in order to to stop that to reestablish. Now that it has to be revenued. And so then you're going to have uh, things such as the, the Great Depression ensue. You know, where now they're messing, um, you know, with inflation. Um, and all of this is to keep the people distracted as to what's going on in the background. Yes. And as these things are playing out in the background, what they're literally doing, what they're literally doing is they're revenuing the estates of the Moors. Yes, and they're trying to figure out where else to put them, where else to hypothecate, where else to um, set up shop at to allow them to do business as the service company. And this yes. only takes place as long as the Moors are asleep. That's why the key. That's why nationality is the order of the day, because nationality itself is a recognition and a realignment back to the state the mind state 
of your ancient foremothers and forefathers. That's why that becomes important, because once you realize it's your estate that they're revenuing, now you all of a sudden are competent and can take it back. So when you put that back into what the prophet was doing, now you have thousands of Moors standing up ready to take back their estate. So now it causes an emergency situation. Hence, we need to have a meeting on Deckel Island because these Negro, Black, and Colors that we have branded, these Moors people are waking up. And so we have to now transfer the title a little differently to cause more work to have to be done for them to take this thing back over. Yes. And so you, 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 you have to make sure that you line every single thing up because there's a lot of games um, that are being played with that. So I want to, while we're um, waiting for people, people to uh, get their hand up, I want to bring it into um, the current situation. Because we know that um, I want everyone to write this down. The 100-year charter for the Federal Reserve was up um, 2013. In 2013, the 100-year charter for the Federal Reserve was up. Now, if you go back and you do research of that time period, again, there's a lot of internal arguing going on. So during this time period in 2013, when the Charter for the Federal Reserve, you had a lot of grumbling about the Federal Reserve. Now, they needed to sign a new charter. They did not sign a new charter that I have been able to find. Now, of course, this is going to also tie back to the Pope's letter and the call of an end to the Doctrine of Discovery and an end to the service corporation. But I want you to take the time to go do some research on that. Then I want you to do some research on the bankruptcy, of course, that took place last year, May, I think it's May 4th, in Puerto Rico, where the U.S. corporation went bankrupt again. And then I want you to look into the current administration, remembering that the first 100 days of any administration, they're dealing with the bankruptcy. Now, the problem with this administration is that they're dealing with a special issue because the people around the world are no longer willing to allow them to set up another shell. So as you're seeing all these distractions going on, not only would they normally be dealing with a, a bankruptcy uh, the first 100 days, servicing the bankruptcy, but now they're dealing with revenuing, rehypothecating the estates all over again and not being allowed to. So you have to pay, pay special interest to what's going on in the background. Now, I'm not sure, have you been able to find if um, – a new charter for the Federal Reserve was signed in their ties? Because I, I can't find no. anything that says a new charter was signed. No. No. Let's put, okay. let's put this in line so people have a concept, too. Lincoln Bank erupted the first shell, the first one that was supposed to be honorable. 
He bankrupted that in 1860. That 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 operation was reset under um, I think Grant uh, uh, Ulysses S. Grant uh, administration, and uh, that's when they registered it in Guam, Philippines, and Puerto Rico. And that shell lasted until 1913 when Nova set up the Okanai Temple. So that crashed that shell. And they were supposed to honor the treaties, the Constitution, and all obligations relative to the estate of the heirs. But they continued the fraud. Like you said, they kept finding new, new methods to revenue the estates. And so Juali crashed that one in 1913. Then, 1928, they were uh, infiltrating the uh, Moorish Science Temple of America. Nobudrali adopted a, a religious affidavit, 1928, to protect the order because the infiltration had started under Woodrow Wilson, I mean, pardon me, under uh, Calvin Coolidge, with J. Edgar Hoover operating in, in what they refer to later what is COINTELPRO co operations, and that area of time is called the great sellout that, that many grand sheiks and sheikhs know about but will not give the people details on because many of them, are, especially some of the elder ones that have still maintained operations in the movement, were part of that sellout. And so this is why they're reluctant to give this part of the history, etc. So 1928, Drali crashed the next one. So um, um, Abraham Lincoln crashed one of them. Noble Drali crashed two of them. And that's when um, they infiltrated on a heavy scale and got rid of Noble Drali in 1929, one year after he had adopted the, Christ, uh, uh, the um, religious affidavit and set up a trust to protect the Moors. And this is why uh, some of the people who are traitors within the movement will not teach about the trust or about trust law. Or some who do are still misrepresenting that history. And so Lincoln bankrupted one United States, Noble Drawley bankrupted two of them. And, and then in 1933, um, it all came out and hit the fan. And this is where Skull and Bones, Franklin Delano Roosevelt then took the birth certificates and use them as bank bonds to set up another shell in Puerto Rico. And that's the 1933, 32-33 uh, uh, fake, fake depression. And what they were doing, stealing more of the Moorish gold and, sell, and sending it to London, England, under the secret treaty of Verona. Um, and this is why, although it's um, in the congressional records, this is also why the so-called black leaders and other traders will not teach about that because it also exposed that many of them are actually agents for central and federal as demonstrated in executive order 11490 and the Rex 84 plan as well as in the Margaret Sanger uh, operations, eugenic operations. Um, and so they took, um, as you already know, the birth certificates. That's when the birth certificates were converted into bonds. Keep in mind, under the Daughters of the American Revolution, the marriage certificates were already bonded with the eggs, and the birth certificate represent the eggs that hatch. So keep in mind, you've got those uh, two United States. And then what occurred is the, the United States shell that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt set up went, went kaput 
in uh, uh, 2012. And, uh, and of course, you already know uh, earlier uh, with 208, 2008, uh, those bonds crashed again, and th they've been having problems ever since. And rather than um, let it revert to the estate back to the heirs, they've been maintaining methodologies to, re to reconvene the estate and revenue them into another shell. And this is where the Asiatic nations with African nations came together in what is traditionally known for the public as what they call the BRICS nations. And, of course, the true American states from the north to the south southern hemisphere, known as the OAS, Organization of American States, started what they call the Mint Nations. And they've been converging their forces to dump the UST bonds, which has been backing this fraud ever since the Civil War. And that's where our politics are today. And keep in mind, when Obama was in office, he went to Egypt, capital dominion of the Moorish Empire, and exposed that the American Constitution comes from Muslim law. Michelle went to the Alhambra, the Red House that fell in 1492, and they came back and signed the rights of indigenous people for these people to declare their nationality. And, of course, here we are with many others trying to make people aware of the history so that they can relate to what their nationality actually is and the necessity of their nationality for, for public proclamation in order to be uh, competent heirs to receive their estate. And, of course, we have the we're fortunate that many of the Grand Sheiks and Sheikhesses of the Morris Science Temple of America, many of them have maintained the integrity of the movement and are teaching the people about their nationality and their divine creed um, and all uh, the principles. However, we also know that many of them are not and will stay away from this information like a plague. But again, um, I think that should pretty much cover conceptually what people need to know to understand why they nationalize and why you're having this show today. Islam, you the floor. Indeed. Indeed. So we're going to bring in the caller at 909, area code 354. Um, area code 909-354. Let me see why is this. Okay, there it is. 909, extension is 354. Islam. Islam? Islam. It's long. Hey, it's long. It's long. Um, peace, peace, family. This is um. Peace, family. Brother, hey, I'm just, I'm just um, just wanted to extend honors, extend honors to the elders for the continuation of bringing the side of darkness into light. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just lost out of words right now. Starstruck, you can say. Um, I'm just. <laughs> Just um ecstatic, you know, because um Brother Taj, Rami Sayel, um you guys are doing a great work, doing a a great job, uh, continuing on what the prophet has, you know, uh left laid down for us. I'm twenty five, I'm out here in um Southern California, Pomona area, and I influence um a lot of my um brothers and sisters continuously. Um by me being the the youth, I'm I'm constantly got you know whether it's family members, friends, they are they're constantly looking toward looking to me um, for influence based off of um, the knowledge that I've come into studying studying myself, studying my history 
as well as studying the elders. So um, I didn't want to take up too much of your time, but I definitely did want to extend my gratitude towards you guys for the efforts and your works that you guys are doing. And um, please continue it on. Um, the reason why I don't really want to ask a question because I know that I'm still learning and that I know it's still so much for me to learn. Ask the question. Don't hold questions back because the questions that you have, others have too. Some just don't have the nerve to ask, and some people mm-hmm. listen and are silent. So it is important that the youth, because the truth must come from the mouth of babes. And so the elders' responsibility is to make sure that the youth get information that has been otherwise held back from them by moriscos and conversos who are known as traitors amongst the Moors as, uh, and others who had this information but who have been compromised or either bought out, and, and so they remain silent. And so for those who are willing to be active and not passive, it is their duty to pass it on to the youth and make them competent and qualified to distribute this information to the four corners of the world to all nations. Therefore, speak, good brother. Ask your question. Yeah, I greatly appreciate you, brother. Uh, my, 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 my concerns right now is, is based off of the, um, the, the passport um, due to the fact that I, I want to begin traveling and um, seeing seeing our great monuments, um, as, such as, for instance, uh, taking trips to the Grand Canyon as well as um, uh, Mexico, Mexico, seeing the pyramids there. I, I, I have a five-year-old child that I want want her to be able to experience the the legacy of, of our ancestors at an early on age. So um, just securing that right to be able to pass forth. Now let's remember, yes, just securing that right, you're absolutely right, but let me back up a little bit. Remember, because it is a right and it is not a privilege, and part of what Grand Sheik Rama Il is explaining, that people need to understand the difference between rights and privileges, and the conversion that we reference Mm -hmm. with our debt is converting your rights into crimes and thus selling them back under privilege, and thus thereby stealing your birthright as well as draining your estate at the same time. So the passports that they've been issuing come under feudal law, which is a total theft. However, until the conversion, until the people come up to another degree, you go ahead and do that but remember to sign all rights reserved under your name, and the name or attribute must be in proper, appropriate persona for you to have standing at law in case there's a counterclaim. Islam, Islam, thank you. Islam, let me add on to that because I, I, I want to. I'm glad. I'm really glad you asked that question. And um, um, one of the things that I recognize is that part of the issue that that we also have is is that the Moors were doing things, a lot of things, on an individual basis. And I've been really encouraging the Moors in different areas to come together um, and start their individual uh, clans and tribes in their own area. Set up your, um, your council in your area. Do those things because this, and, and start to be set up the uh, the relationships to allow to allow for the recognition of the the Moors being present. 
Class now, action. what I'm about to actually start working on, because I've spoke with a couple of different people who work in different, um, for different corporations, one of the things that's happening also is that because a lot of the Moors are um, assuming that we won't be recognized and assuming that it's more of a fight than it really is, that we're not always taking the time to do things based on how government works. Regardless, in this case, in what I'm saying, regardless of whether it's de facto, there's still a certain way. Remember that the prophet said, I'm going to, you know, or what Cecil said, I'm going to leave the European in government just long enough to teach you more as government. So there's some things that we have to also take a hold of and do, meaning that, uh, or one of the things that I'm going to start working on, and I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm going to start working on it, um, is to start getting in contact with some of these agencies to see what we need to do to make sure that when the Moors come in with our uh, nationality cards, that they have them on record so that they can properly train uh, their employees. For instance, when I went into a bank the other day, because Bank of America now requires that you use a ID from a government in order to even make a deposit in someone else's account. So I go in, of course, with my nationality card, and I'm talking to the teller, and the teller's like, you know what, anytime you come in here, I will take care of you. Just ask for me. I've got you covered. So I said, okay, well, let me take this opportunity to talk to him. And he's like, well, the problem is is that it's not, in the, it's, it's not a recognized identification that they train us on and so on and so forth. And he said, you know, it's corporate, blah, blah, blah. So what that tells me is that, okay, then I need to, as a grand chief, start reaching out to their headquarters to say what must we do to get that to where you're, you can train your people that this can be taken inside of your facility. For instance, you also can walk into a banking institution without a Social Security number and set up a non-interest-bearing account, which is what a bank is supposed to be for anyway, which is just a holding company. And you can do that without a social security number. However, if you don't know that, then the Moors are thinking that, oh, you can't have an account with this and you can't do this. If you, don't, you can walk in literally, have a non-interest bearing account, and they don't ask you for anything. It's a limited account, but it's more of an account based on what banks are actually for. So what I'm doing is going to start reaching out, you know, just, you know, throwing, throwing darts. I'm just going to start throwing darts to, to uh, see what we can do to start establishing these relationships because that's part of the issue too. So as more as like you were demonstrating, um, I'm obviously going to be working, um, and I'm sure the mirror is working on, on other areas, throwing darts to, to get this thing moving in the, in the right direction so that we don't have these questions come up in another five or ten years. Praise the Lord, family. Was that your, all right. Was that the only question that you had? No, sir. I had another question in regards to um, um, a common law um, copyright or trademark in regards to the free national name. Uh, I'm not sure if that's, um, you know, putting that affidavit out there to uh, copyright my free national name. Um, I'm not sure if this is a a European perspective, but I understand that that is um, something that takes place. Let's 
Let, let's present this. Let's present this in, in, in response to your question. Keep in mind that the treaty and constitution already secures the right of the national. That's why Drew Ali said, help me in my great missionary work enforcing our constitution for the United States of America, which means the obligation already exists. What we have, unfortunately, is what is called belligerent administrative trustees operating. Are we clear? Write that yeah. down. Belligerent administrative mm -hmm. trustees. So they want to present the idea that you have to apply for a, a, the exercising of a right that already exists to which they're already obligated. Mm. You see, that's how they trick people yeah. back into the jurisdiction to revenue the estate mm -hmm. under right. the Unum Sanctum mm -hmm. operations. However, um, Europeans who know the real history are actually U.S. citizens. They can't contest it. This is why they're mm. copyright. If you, you understand the, 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 the reasons why. Now, and they're copywriting uh, still to try to get control of the global world trust. Now, keep in mind, in order for anyone to be the holder in due course, which is the position that they're seeking, even people who seek to authenticate the birth certificate trick that scam to, all of it's based on the knowledge of the global world trust. Keep this in mind. All of the different methodologies of people selling packages and selling this and authenticating the birth trait, uh, uh, certificate, capturing the straw man, ETC, all of them are based on them trying to claim a piece of the estate of the Moors that's under the global trust. Now, keep this in mind, anyone who knows estate law and contract law, in order to be the holder in due course, which is the position that they're seeking by doing these different things, you must have the original document or contract unaltered in your possession to be holder in due course. That's established law, is it not? It is. Consider this. When anyone goes to the corporate operatives who are de facto, which means they're not the government, they are actually imposters. Can a de facto operation do anything that's actually legitimate or de jure? No, they no. cannot. They can only revenue your estate that already belongs to you. However, because they are belligerent trustees or administrative trustees, de facto, they're forcing you to. This is why whatever you do with them, you sign all rights reserve or DTC, threat, direct threat, uh, and coercion to secure your um, actions until uh, reconversion or revenuing is made. This is means that until the Constitution is reestablished, their de facto operations are in force. However, as a stopgap measure, you know, if you choose to copyright, you know, your attribute, et cetera, you can use that as a, a foundation to sue them. But however, you can do that even right now, understanding the right. Constitution mm -hmm. and Treaty. Mm -hmm. But the deal of it is, is that um, Europeans are doing that because U.S. citizens can't contest because they have been beneficiaries of the fraud because they themselves are, are naturalized citizens under a juristic order. Mm -hmm. Those are the nationals of the land by birthright, the true Americans, which means you don't need a contract 
a secondary contract that negated the first contract in order to get a right that's already preserved and to which they're already obligated. This is what Pope Francis uh, is saying in that letter that he issued to, to the Congress, to the belligerent con Congress, as well as to Obama, as well as to the Supreme Court. However, for people who don't know or who haven't studied much, that, that certainly can't help. But I suggest not getting caught up in these schemes where you keep having to put out finance and dancing around the mulberry bush to claim a right that already exists, as if it doesn't exist until you do these couple operations. You get the point? Yes, sir. All right. All I did is, um, all I did with, with my businesses is that um, I, I actually went through the process of doing what they'll term as the quick copyright for myself. Because when you're doing the copyright, the other part of it is that only thing it does is make you searchable. You know, if we're speaking just from a generic standpoint, not the standpoint that the near speaking of, but just from if someone is attempting to look you up, then it just makes you searchable in their search engines. So that if someone is trying to use your same trademark or that they'll call it or your same name or copyright name, that they can go to their um, the, those offices' search engines and search for it. That's literally they're not protecting you. They're again they're just doing what the mirror is speaking of. They're not protecting you in any way. Your protection comes from you enforcing that. The you enforcing your your uh, fact that you had first claim to this. That's your protection. They don't they don't protect you. So even in the use of you knowing how to, you know, put your businesses and, and things like that as a part of your own trust and everything that you do in your, in your free national title, you serve to be able to protect your own self out just by establishing the first uh, date and time that it was put into the public, i.e. used for trade. So if you have any, you know, you making stocks, the first time that – you tell somebody outside of yourself that you're making socks and this is the name of your sock company or your sock business or whatever, the first time you do that, that's considered lawfully copyrighted. Mm. From a law perspective, it's, it's protected because it's yours. And all you have to do is literally write, that, write it down um, and then you can you know, mail it to yourself. Now, that's the reason that you can do it that way is that you, you want to look up the, the true aspects of what the Postmaster General is and all that, and you'll find out why that becomes important. Um, but then when you get it back, you just don't open it. You and make sure that people you don't stamp on it. Mm -hmm. Say that one more time so they can hear you, because I think and I'm going to sure you when you send it. Make sure that you put a physical stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the executor letter in the um the the postmaster general's office, and um and, and asserting yourself under that position. So um, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm walking with you fellas, man. I greatly appreciate you guys, man. And I'll yield the floor just in case anybody else want to go ahead. Please keep yeah, the up the light and work, fellas. I want to tell you, I'm going to be in San Diego. Um, okay. Doing a lecture, I think, at the end of this month. If we're not connected on Facebook, make sure to connect with me um, so that I can, you know, um, 
get you the information because it's going to be at the end of March. I think it's March 25th and 26th. Um, and I know if you're a Pomona, that's about an hour or so away. So, yes, um, sir. You know, you yeah, need, I was you know, at the Constitutional Convention. Come on down. So uh, the California oh, okay. Constitutional Convention, where um, I believe I have met you for the yes. first time, brother, and um, I, I would definitely love to build, be able to build with you again, because the programs that you offering as well for the community, I definitely did want to. I still am looking to, you know, be a part of. And uh, so okay. please continue, okay. continue on. Okay, we'll build. Thank, so thanks, sure brother. Yeah. All right, good brother. Yeah. So we're going to bring in caller 347 with the exchange 443. Area code 347, exchange 443. Here's Lyle for three. Hey, peace, peace, family. How are you? All is well. All right. Um, as you say, I'm Sharice L. Calling from Northwest of Maxim, Bronx Territory. Uh, I have a couple of questions uh, for Emir Taj. Um, my first question is, well, first off, let me just say thank you for all that you do, both of you guys. The information is so impactful, so important. I, I learn extensively from the two of you. Um, and I'm constantly researching everything that you guys drop. Um, um, one of the things that I find is important that most people uh, skip over is um, really, truly understanding a right. So my question is, um, who has a right to a right? within the territorial jurisdiction of the Almoroccans here in Northwestern Mexico. Um, and dealing with the principles of uh, just sanguine and just soli, what is the order in which it should be treated? That's, that's my first question. Remember that just sanguine deals with the nationals. Just soli deals with those under legislation or ends legis. That is the U.S. citizens that, that um, and this is one of the reasons why uh, Ulysses S. Grant modified the Naturalization Act of uh, 1790 until what is used today, 1870, which you'll see in your law book, um, um, edition three and edition four, where under the Wigamore parties, the Europeans start claiming to be white people in order to attach themselves to the sovereign right of those who are sanguinous. And this is where they're converting the, the, uh, um, the rights of the heir to themselves in the false venue. This is why you'll see Europeans will uh, constantly promote the code system of uh, Franklin Johann Blumenbach and um, Carlos Linnaeus with the uh, tag system of whites and blacks and Negroes, blacks and colored, and the phenotypes in order to actually steal the birthright. And also why they have instituted that practice of Europeans claiming to be Americans when they're Europeans in order to hide the fact that they're actually stealing your birthright. So keep that in mind when you're looking at all of this. So when you're dealing with sanguinous, you mean you're talking about the people of the land by blood. And then you're talking about uh, soleil, those that that's which is legislated. So that means created on paper, and one is created by birthright. So uh, uh, an unalienable right or substantive right is rooted in birthright, and constitutions and treaties are in place to secure those rights. Now, with the unum sanctum policy, where the Europeans declare the Moors dead at sea until proven otherwise, and then they convert the estate of the Moors 
um, to themselves, and this is where the branding system came in and why they have been paying off so-called black leaders to continue to promote the false phrase people of color, which is a legal term that I, which really declares that the, the, that the Asiatics are artificial persons, because that's what color actually means, and also where they, they promote or play the black leader guys with their skull and bones of, of backdoor payments of calling the European white man, which means sovereign. Then the Europeans use that sovereign position assigned by the heirs of the estate who claim to be black, which is really their claim to be a caveman, and therefore transferring their estate to the Europeans, and the Europeans have been exercising that. So keep in mind the distinction is Jules Soleil is legislated on paper, just like 14th Amendment. Jules Sanguinis is the actual living, organic people of the land, the true American. Look at it that way, because uh -huh. that's exactly uh -huh. what it is. Yes, indeed. Um, my other question, because I, do, I don't want to take up too much time. I'm sure you guys have plenty of other callers, but um, my second question is um, in regards to uh, your statement with Lincoln being uh, – he uh, he was the he he was actually representing a company. You said uh, United States. All right, this is what must be clear. France. Yeah, listen, listen. This must be clear because a lot of people, a lot of people who are in what is known as the believer degree are never told this by those who are in the fruition degree. Keep this in mind: first candlelight, believer; second, faith; third, fruition. All of your leaders, imams, reverends, grand sheiks, sheikesses. Skull and Bones, Knights Templars, Illuminati, Daughters of American Revolution, Eastern Stars, etc. All of those are Gnostics. And they get their degree on what is represented symbolically as the third candlelight, which you'll see around uh, ancient altars that they have in, in different temples, lodges, etc. That symbolizes the preservation of the ancient knowledge of the ancient world, i.e. the ancient Asiatics, Africans, etc. And with that preservation of knowledge, those who are in the third light have the fruition degree. They keep the masses in that first light of uh, belief, which is rooted in falsehood and lies, if you get the point, and you must outgrow that. Mm -hmm. And what they do, they hold back the information from the masses so they're not aware of that. Now, post your question again in context of that so that, so that we can answer it for the public, those who are listening. Well, my my question was more so geared towards um, just asking if you will be able to direct me to a reference where I can find um, the United States Service Company. Uh, now, that that are, the, the date is 1754. Benjamin Franklin, 1754, France. So, United States Service Company. United States Service Corporation. That's, mm -hmm. It's called the United States Service Corporation. Now, the next reference in relationship to that, 19 enumerated powers. Go do the research. Thank you so much. Now, hold on. I'm finished. I want you to, I want you to be grounded. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> they would be, that, that company was set up to, to give service to the organic United States, which is the land, with their operations here on the land. You got that? Yeah. 
What has happened since Lincoln bankrupted that is that scholars, traders alike have been falsely claiming that United States Corporation Service Com Company to be a country. This is where the mm -hmm. uh, traditional phrase you hear, shadow government, that's where it has its origin. Are we clear? So they've been disguising that private service corporation that was bankrupted by Lincoln as if it's a country. That's why the people who are in that mental mystery system, as soon as you say the United States, they think you're talking a country. And those who are under the mystery system of John D. Rockefeller and Frederick T. Gates that was set up in 1902, right on after they murdered Queen Winona at Philadelphia area called Shakamaxon. And that's that statue you see at the base of the art museum, and that's why they have in the movie Rocky, Rocky running past that statue, running up the steps mm -hmm. to the mound in Philadelphia. That's also, the celebration is also called the Mummer's Parade. Mm -hmm. So keep all that in mind with your question, and that will lead you to more information. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. I give a right. camera. Peace and love. Peace and love. All right, so we're going to bring the um, the show to an end. One thing before I do, because someone made a comment, and I think it um, is it, um, good to clear it up, um, and I'm sure the mirror will have something um, to say about it. You have a couple of different um, sections of more, sets of moors who are, are speaking about establishing empires and governments that are supposed to govern the jurisdiction um, of the Moors. And I'm bringing this up because someone just mentioned it on the chat line uh, about yes. how to be recognized. Now, yes. there's a couple of things that it, it takes to establish these things. And I'm not even going to go into it on air because I don't want people who are being fraudulent to get the information. If you don't know the information of what it looks like or what it takes to actually establish a, a true governmental entity and cannot prove these things that have been done, then you're a fraud. And no, you know, to call yourself a maximum Morris empire or any of these other fraudulent things where you cannot show conclusively who you are and no one has voted you in to these seats when you when you have people running around claiming to be sitting in the seat uh, the seat of the uh, of the prophet. Now you have people out here in the West claiming this fraudulent stance that they're now sitting in the seat of the prophet because it's on on the West Coast and because of certain prophecies. I, the more I need you more to study because these frauds are running around and they're attempting to do things based on you not studying. I'm not going to say who is legitimate, but you have to be willing to ask the questions but that you have gained from studying what the prophet left. No one can say that they're the government of the Moors. The Moors have to say who their government are. That's what a republic is. So no one can yes. come around and constitute something saying that I'm going to come and I'm going to set something up for the Moors. No, the Moors have to come together and say that they're going to set something up for the Moors. So if you're in a Kentucky territory and you want to establish a, a, a government, your government does not extend past your territory unless you get other, other territories to agree to be a part of that jurisdiction. 
you can't just establish something in Kentucky and say that it governs all of North America. What kind of BS is that? It doesn't work now, that way. Let me let me add to let me add to that. In the divine constitution and bylaws, Noble Duali said, "Being Moorish Americans, you are part and parcel of this said government and must live the life accordingly." Government exists before you were born. What happens is, is that the Europeans are holding your seat in a de facto manner. That's what de facto actually means. So the government already exists. What you need is active Moors, not passive Moors. That's the issue. The government already exists. Now, you can uh, set up activities around the country that make the people aware of their obligation to their own imperial divan that's being operated under the guise of the executive branch of government at Northwestern Mexico. You can't recreate it. You can only bring people back into the constitutional fold of government and activate that which already exists. That's the clarity. Indeed. Indeed. So... With that, I just wanted wanted to get how that put out there because you, you know you have to be careful uh, because as we're attempting to do this, some people do have noble causes and they're attempting to do the right thing. However, that does not mean that those people don't make mistakes in their direction. So that's why I'm not saying who is what, what is who. I'm saying that you have to. So that you know the difference when someone approaches you and says that there's this and there's that, you know what questions to ask. And if those people are sincere, then they will allow you to help give them direction about how to do it correctly. And if they're sincere, then you can then join them. But that's your choice. Okay, so with that, we'll be back next week. We want to um, really thank, you know, the Amir for coming on. Um, you know, it's been a, a powerful show. Um, and, you know, that you know, you know, people can take you know what was here and um, use it to expand and uh, teach others. So, so I uh, thank you, uh, Emir. Thank you as always, and uh, we look forward to having you, you know, come out here uh, in June. All right, good brother. Thank you, and, and give greetings to the family out there. Love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, and showing our respect and grateful honor to Noble Duale for bringing us back into the constitutional fold of government, understanding the truth about nationality and birthright and our obligation to study and to take this information to the four corners of the earth, to all nations, and recognize anyone who has a title is required by international rules of scholarship to produce literature. And with that, I yield the floor. Peace. Islam. Yeah. Islam.